So everybody will remember a couple weeks ago, I had a bit of an issue where I was wondering whether or not you were going to burn the house down. Do you remember that? I never was going to burn the house down, but I do remember that. But you remember that I, I had expressed concern about the fact that you may or may not be planning on burning the house down. I might have been a little obsessed with fires, for sure. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't live in the greater northern Nevada area, particularly Reno-Sparks area, uh, there's an arsonist on the loose oh, yeah. right now yeah. Um, yep. that authorities believe is in charge of 11 fires. Now, do I have any evidence that Deb is starting fires? <laughs> I don't have any evidence like that. No way. But I do know that she's the last one to go to bed. And all these fires have been happening in the late evenings. So I'm not connecting the dots. That's what the uh, report said. Oh, okay. So I'm not connecting the dots. I'm just here saying, would be convenient that when in our podcast, we talked about Deb being overly concerned with what we're going to take from the house. And then all of a sudden, the authorities are saying, there's an arsonist on the loose. So, Kevin, how are you going to feel if the police knock on the door? Uh, I'm going to feel justified because they're clearly knocking on the door for you. <laughs> so, uh, what was it when you told me about the arsons? What was the first thing I said to you? What would you take from the house? <laughs> exactly. Which That's only furthers my point. What I'm actually obsessed with. Right. That only furthers my point that you may, in fact, be an arsonist. I'm not. That's worrisome to me. I'm not. I'm not attracted to fire that way. You're safe. I feel not as ideal. This can be. Yeah. When you whisper, the microphone doesn't pick that up. So, safe. So as far as everybody safe. knows, she is safe an as can be. absolute arsonist. I just want to say it feels... It feels serendipitous and that's a really nice fluffy word for something that could otherwise be terrible the arsonist maniacal. has not <clears throat> has not reached our exact part of town yet has, have no it's they? all south of town which makes sense because you live in this part of town and you wouldn't want to burn oh. your own part of town yeah yeah i can go with that that's worrisome to me so may i say this of course this is the first time we're videoing. Here we go. Here's the first admission to arson. Oh, <laughs> no. sorry. Okay. This is the first time we're videoing. I can tell that because you you are playing to the camera now more than you do to <laughs> me, and that's okay. It's like when I make a comment, your first thought is, I'm going to look at that camera and make a little bit of a schmuggy face so. as opposed to actually <laughs> talking because the podcast is the other half to this now. I agree. So what I want to explain to everybody is this. I talk with my hands. I hit things, the desk, lights, stuff's going to move. Just, I know it. Please accept it. Here's the other part. Right now, if my eyes are here, I'm looking at Kevin. There's the camera. So if I really feel compelled to look at you, that's where I would look. My computer's in front of me. So if I look down, that's honestly what I'm looking at. I just want everybody to know. And if I look at like some freakish cartoon character whose eyes are going like this all over, it's because that's actually what's happening. That's actually my role. I'm the one who's supposed to look around crazily as I have so many things happening. You're supposed to anchor us. You're supposed to be the anchor of this podcast. I thought I was just supposed to show up and answer your questions. Yeah, well, we've clearly transitioned from that to full-blown media studio. And at this point, I have so much stuff to look at and to try to operate. I need you to be super duper dialed in 
as she says with this weird little smirk <laughs> on her face that nobody else who's listening to this can hear, which just is incentive for you to be able to go to our YouTube page and, and watch this. Um, but with all that being said, Deb, last yes. and final question. Yes. Tell us you're the arsonist, right? I'm not. Okay, well, let's start the podcast. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. In your ears and on your screens is the one and only Deb. I'm Deb. And across from her is the newbiest of noobs when it comes to tech is I, Kev. And this is our podcast and our vlog. Uh, we did it. The day has come. The, the cameras are set up. The cables are running. We, we both look as great as humanly possible. You know, I look entirely washed out. I had a tan about a month ago. I don't know what this is. All I know is that it's working. So we're just going to go, go with, with it. it. On today's show, we have our recap of week three of the Great British Baking Show. Uh, Deb will school us about applying for a new job. Uh, it's been a month. And I can think of no better way than to christen our new streaming video progress that we've made other than playing use it in a sentence. Um, we will also tell you what we are thankful for uh, as well as what we will be shoving into our faces tonight. But as Deb mentioned in the cold open, we have everything set up. Uh, hopefully the audio sounds better. Hopefully the video is crisp. Thank you guys for bearing with us and listening to us just ramble incessantly about this for a couple podcasts. Um, we just want to let you know that it's up. It's working. We think it looks great. Let us know. Good batter in between. We can tinker with everything. Um, and Deb, thank you for dealing with all of my craziness as it related to this stuff. At one point, the office looked like an Amazon fulfillment center. There was it did. so walk in here. many boxes full of so much stuff that you didn't know anything about, that I truly didn't know anything about. And I will tell this to anybody who will listen, and it's not like this is new, so just bear with me. If you have any question ever under the sun, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Oh yeah. my God, they have... Everything. everything you'd like to use it when you had to reset the clock on your bmw yep. you would go find one video every single one year because you never needed to remember yep. it yep. and i can ask the most insane like grain of sand questions that might only that i think only applies to me and the and video the itself there. has a hundred thousand views on it so yeah. um it's up it's live we're we're, we're we're doing this we're so excited to be doing that that's all we're going to mention about it. This isn't a tech podcast, although Lord knows I could spend about an hour and a half talking about it. Um, but here's what I want to talk about. Depp, how many times have you watched the dog face TikTok video in the last oh, week? thousands, I bet. I think he had something like close to 35, 40 million views on TikTok and then God knows how much on every other platform. How many of those views are attributed to you? Oh, thousands. I mean... I love him. About 20 million of them? I love him. I love him. I love, I could dissect that entire video as to why it made, it's the highlight of my 2020 so it, far. It is a perfect video. It is a, per, from the little nod he gives at the beginning yep. to, I want to say this, like the guy holds it and is like a rock oh, yeah. on a skateboard. On a skateboard. Going down and- <clears throat> Cranberry off, juice in his other hand. An off ramp on a freeway. So 
the nod, and then of course, ugh, what better song? I mean, come on, right? the song "Dream" by Fleetwood Mac. He, I fully expected the first time. Trying to remember the first time, I fully expected there would be a little splash of cranberry juice going somewhere. No, nope. sucked that right down, smooth as can be. That's what I just said. This guy was so smooth, and then. Um, when he kind of leaned forward on his balance because the off-ramp was turning yeah, a little he, bit. He, he leaned into the turn. He leaned into the turn and got lip-synced the words perfectly. It was it made my heart soar. And I'm I'll tell you, to you, what's just as good as the original video is, is all the spin-off videos. Yeah. I mean, at the... At, you know, we posted on our Instagram uh, the the pumpkin spice latte one right. with the guys in the in the pumpkin head going down a New England road and douses himself in a pumpkin spice pumpkin spice latte. Then you have Mick Fleetwood in oh Hawaii. My God. That was amazing. Redoing yeah. the video, and then you have a thousand other iterations of it that have you know popped up. People in helicopters. People. Um, I saw one on a private jet the other day. Private yeah, I mean, jet. It was super cute. It's. It's brilliant. I'm so happy that that was my best thing I saw on the internet. Yep, yep. you called it for Be- sure. Because I think I found it <clears throat> just, just before it exploded. Like it was big right. with, I, th- I think, a certain generation. And then it got huge. huge and it got yeah. so big to where you and I were actually just watching TV earlier. And TikTok, like who even knew that, you know, TikTok had commercials, not only has commercials, He's the guy He's for the, the guy. commercial. He's the center they, of the commercial. They have his video now. and they have everybody else <clears throat> who has spawned from him in the video as well. Yeah. No, he, like, if you wake up in the morning and you think like, mm, it doesn't feel like a great morning. I mean, follow dog face. I'm, you don't have to follow anything else. Just pull that video up. Agreed. And, uh, uh it, literally, it and how cool so is happy. it that uh, Ocean Spray gave him a truck? Ocean he, Spray CEO did a TikTok in the exact same. I mean, which is like, I mean, that's I great. Mean, so paid homage to him. So much respect. I mean, and who could be more different than Dogface and the CEO of you, Ocean Spray? I, I mean, think come on. That that TikTok, all what twenty seconds of yeah. it, and the the subsequent positive fallout from yeah. it is like such a breath of fresh air given yep. the craziness of yep. this year it really feels like okay maybe we have some good momentum going into 2021 that was spurred on by this and i think the other part about it for him you know like when i found out that he lived in idaho falls i was like what idaho falls yeah, i mean would have he never doesn't live in that. compton right you know and he is obviously a big stoner huge stoner huge stoner like i mean some of the funniest videos which is mildly troublesome because it's only he and his daughter who live in a trailer so i I hope he's doing it all outside but i mean some of them are so funny when you see him like i don't know if i use the right terminology like is it called smoking a bowl is that what it's called sure yeah i mean that's what you do to a bowl you do smoke it you know so but i mean some of them are hysterical and he is completely authentically himself you know i mean if you're offended by curse words probably don't watch him you know if you're offended by weed legal or not probably don't watch him but i love him what i hope is that nobody ever took him more serious than what he is right which was a guy from idaho falls who used tiktok to just kind of brighten his day a little bit with his daughter kind of coaching him exactly and and it it did what 
great videos do. It found everybody's screen. And I don't know if we're going to ever hear from Dogface ever again, but his 15 minutes were a thousand percent worth it. And if by some chance you haven't seen it, go find go, it. Go yeah. find it. It's Just Google Dogface. That's all you would have to do. He'll come up. Yeah. It's brilliant. All right. Uh, that being said, it's week three of the Great British Baking Show. Okay, and I just want to say one thing before you start. Go for it. Please watch with us. You won't <laughs> enjoy this conversation as much if you it's don't true. watch with us. And here's what I want to say. I'm not going out on a limb by saying you will love it. Yeah. So we're only on episode three. Go catch up, watch the others. And now let's do episode four together this week. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, we're just going to touch on this. We're not going to make it a, a lengthy thing every week, but it's important to us. It's something we like. I mean, it feels pretty ubiquitous. It's been around for however long. Other people like it. If you have yet to see it, do yourself a favor. That being said, week three, bread week. Mm. Paul Hollywood, mm. the judge, is known Such for his bread week or for his bread. What was, how much does his loaf of bread sell for in so, Herod's? He's like so famous for bread. I think that's how he got his start. I mean, not only is he a bread maker, it's like bread perfection. You Correct. know what he does. Okay. But he, he stresses about bread the same way I do about podcast setups. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So, um, and he knows it, every detail when you see True. him. So if you are a bread baker, you would love watching this episode for sure. Mm -hmm. But he created a loaf of bread and I've looked the loaf up. It looks to me like it's a round loaf, like, like that, you know, like. There's some people who can't see you. So give us a dimension um, verbally. I'm going to say like, I don't know, eight to 10 inches across, not huge, right? I, I would say like a child's soccer ball. Yeah, it's not like a giant family no. loaf or something. There's you not know? this big, crusty sourdough. It's, right, it's, right, it's right. Small that was loaf. a good point to tell me some people, because now I think everybody's watching and a lot of this people. This is what don't. I would tell you play to the audio crowd, yeah. not the video yeah, crowd. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyways, the bread was, I believe it was Roquefort and almond. What's Roquefort? Blue cheese. Oh, okay. But like a really good, probably, it didn't say Stilton, but probably a really good Roquefort. Okay, cool. Sold at Harrods in London. You could buy it for $24.50 a loaf. That's all. Is that pounds or is that dollars? Dollars. So. That better be a good piece of bread. If you think about it, $24.50, I mean, I'm being respectful of money, is a lot of money. Totally. Um, but $24.50, a lot of people could afford to indulge in that, right? Yep. But twenty four fifty for a loaf of bread is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And so being bread week, everybody was on pins and needles. And yeah. I would say that overall, this episode was a little lackluster. I don't think everybody bought the, brought their A game to no. it, but bread no. is always tough. And so their first challenge was the signature challenge, and they needed to make two loaves of soda bread. One needed to be sweet, and the other needed to be savory. And if you're looking at me and being like, Kevin, why would anybody make bread out of Diet Coke? You're wrong. What a soda bread is, is a non-yeast bread. Yep. They use yep. baking soda, which is activated by buttermilk. So you're going to get a little bit of a rise, but not a ton. And I would say that everybody that baked minus... You don't have to proof it. That's the big deal. Right. The the heat activates it. Right. Um, I would say everybody either got one right or got one wrong. It was just either their savory was good or their sweet was good or vice versa. Nobody hit it out of the park with well, both. Well, Ermine did. Ermine. She, well, are we saying her name right? Do well, we know? it's spelled H-E-R-M-I-N-E. And, and I want to say... Hermione. Exactly. 
But they don't say that. No, they, they don't. They take the H off and they take yeah. the E off and they're like, Ehrman. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird. Like her, almost like Herman, but not. It's like Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. I look at that and I think like, oh, that's such a sweet, nice female name. And they're like, Ehrman. You're like, okay, yeah. well, that's what they're called. And I would say that she was actually the biggest surprise for us too, because she took Gruyere cheese and salmon and put it into her savory bread. And I looked at you and I said, this is going to be a disaster. We both said that. We both said. Uh, so Kevin and I both have a, a little bit of a thing about some flavors that should never be replicated beyond their original thing. Agreed. And salmon could be one of those. Salmon. So we were like, oh. Salmon and, is good yeah. if it's baked, if it's grilled, and if it's smoked thinly sliced yep. on bagels. Yep. That's the extent of what I will eat salmon. So if you're taking chunks of salmon and putting it into a bread mix gross yeah in an omelet not me i mean i'm not an omelet salmon salmon person but what do we know because she knocked it out of the park and oh paul gosh. gave her the second handshake yeah. of the season yeah. so um going into uh the technical challenge i think it was airman ermin hermione whatever, whatever her name is. is um leading the pack and then our guy yeah. our guy peter kind of Ugh. bringing up the bringing up the rear because he bakes gluten-free because his brother is gluten-free and he still bakes on the show gluten-free. Gluten free. Yeah. And that's going to catch up with him. And I think that's going to be his Achilles heel. We because in fact, we said that this week. He's got to stop. He's got to stop doing that. Your so, brother's not even there. So yeah. moving into the technical, the technical, which is blind, nobody knows what they're doing, was rainbow bagels, which you have all seen on Instagram before. And they only had about an hour and 15, hour, 30 minutes to do it. And I would say that Really, nobody did a great job. Linda did an okay job. Everybody else's yeah. were either underproved or they were boiled too long or they were too thin. Everybody's tasted okay, but ultimately, it was the two marks who exceeded, uh, who excelled. It was Linda who won, and then it was Rowan, Dave, and somebody else on the bottom. So, and just as a reminder. Rowan is the character. I say that character. My guy. That Kevin loves. and But he is not in one of Kevin's picks. Kevin just loves him. He's so weird. He's and weird. I yeah. love weird people on television, which is why I wanted to do a podcast and a streaming with my mom. Um, <laughs> so heading into the showstopper, uh, we pretty much knew Rowan was going to go home, but you know, he could have pulled something out of a bag. Well, only be, really, we knew it because he did so poorly last week. Yep. It was a stunner even to Rowan that he didn't go home. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and so for the showstopper, which is the third challenge, they needed to make a large decorative bread harvest plaque in the plaque. scene of something they're thankful for. Plaque. I had no idea what that was. Essentially think of an ornate centerpiece for a table that yep. can have some height, but is meant to be a picture of some kind that is usually never consumed. It's just lacquered and really there is ornamental, but their bread needed to be consumed while simultaneously looking good. If it weren't bread, you'd hang it on a wall. That's, I mean, it's a plaque, sure. literally yeah. a plaque. It is a plaque. They were all like either large and round or square. Was Some of them had, in fact, Hermione, Herman, whatever her name is, yep. She started off strong. We were both like, wow, hers is going to be amazing. Yeah, the brioche. Yeah. And it doesn't always work out. No. Yeah. So uh, 
Rowan needed a good showing. Rowan did exactly what Rowan does, which is it looked good, but it failed on yeah. quite literally everything else. Mm-hmm. And so there was no drama. Rowan, our, my guy, my special little weird Englishman, mm-hmm. went home. Um, no but, surprise. But that's okay, because now we're down to, I think, nine decent bakers. Yeah. I, I genuinely believe any of them could win. I'll tell you what one of the biggest shocks were was was Mark C got Star Baker and we were waiting for him to call his family. Yeah. He didn't call his family. They were there. They were there, but I think this is because he has two daughters and I don't think he has a partner. He doesn't have a spouse. They haven't so, shown her to us, so we don't know of I don't any. think yeah. she or he exists. I yeah. don't want to assume what Mark's sexuality is. Um so we were waiting for the phone call and the two girls just come up from behind. Yeah. And that makes yeah. sense because they're all staying on site for Together. quarantine. Yeah. And I don't think you can tell your two young daughters to just stay, stay at home, home by, and- their, by themselves. It It is, you do feel, and we mentioned this last week, a li- you kind of, there's this essence that they're together during the week. You can feel it a little bit, just little things. Of- what do you mean? Oh, the group? The group. Yeah. Because I mean... You know, like there was that nice moment when Mac left um, Linda the honey. She put the honey in her butter. Yep. Yeah. She, he, she needed to make because they butter. can bring special ingredients from home with them if they want, or special display things, or special molds that they've made for things. And um, he left her his honey, which she actually used in a challenge. She did that. She did well in. So um, yeah, you you kind of so it has a little. It's still the Great British Baking Show, but it has a little bit, a couple different components this year. The the later episodes, people will be way more emotionally charged when because they've been they together for so long. Yeah, thousand percent. I will say, the combination, and I've mentioned this every week, and I can't stop, of Noel and Matt. So good. So good, and they are killing Paul Hollywood. I mean, they are forcing him. Like there was almost a spew of tea. Correct. At the table. Yep. I mean, like they, I think, are purposely going after him, like his serious as side. As you should. Yeah, if, for sure. If, if somebody yeah. who bakes takes themselves as seriously, seriously as Paul does, yeah. your yeah. only job as a host is to make them break or, I mean, honestly, that's all I try to do with you is you're <laughs> an easy target for me because I kind of know your, your mm-hmm. funny bone spots. So... If at some point now, especially that we have cameras, if I can get you to say, I got to go to the bathroom in the midst of laughing, <laughs> that's going to be utter, utter success to me. Thanks, um, Kev. So that was our GBBS week three wrap up. Again, please watch it with us. It's something fun to do when there's very little new television on. Um, this week's Deb's business segment is about applying for a new job. Mm-hmm. And it's not just applying for a job, applying for a new job and the way you should kind of handle yourself. So Deb, the floor is yours. So I think that, uh, you know, we normally in our business segment speak a lot to business owners, mm-hmm. right? And I do think, and I try hard to make the advice or the subject applicable and interesting, even to people that aren't business owners. Sure. Um, however, this really is to people that are out looking for a job. I mean, we're talking to the employees right now, and I don't care if you're applying to be a waitress. I don't care if you're applying to be a janitor. I don't care if you're applying to be an executive somewhere. I think this advice, um, applies to everybody, literally across the board. When you're applying, this advice applies to you. Applies to you. So, 
one of the things that I think is unfortunate in today's world is, you know, HR has kind of disappeared, at least they're, they're not gone, but we don't know where they are, right? They are protected by emails. Yes. I mean, it used to be years ago that you could walk into a company and say, where's your HR? They would direct you. You could have walked in your whole package of information. Yep. Some woman or man would have kindly taken it. They would have said, oh, well-groomed, put some remarks about you on it, right? And then- Interesting. Yeah. I- I've literally never lived in that world. Oh, yeah. And then decided whether or not- um, they were going to hire you. Interesting note, I applied for a job my freshman year of college. Got it. You had to wear dresses at this company. Did it involve making donuts? No, no donuts. Got it. Okay. Had to wear dresses at this company, and they had to be black dresses. And I didn't have, I mean, it was a young college girl. I didn't have a black dress. I had flower dresses. And so I had a dress that was dark navy blue, but it had a little tiny flower on it. Oof. Might have been kind of short. Not a rule follower. I know. Might have been kind of short. And I took it in and left my package with them. And in the meantime, when they called me for an interview, I borrowed a friend's skirt and jacket in black. Smart. The woman said to me when she interviewed me, so apparently you wore a navy blue dress. No way. And she said, it's not the flowers. She goes, if it had been navy blue, we would have let you get away with it. But because of the flowers and because of the length of your dress, that would not be acceptable for here. So wait, they criticized the outfit you wore to, to drop, drop it off. So my point being is... Wild times, those 60s. <laughs> your 70s. 70s. Thank you. You're being assessed all along the way. Sure. I mean, that's just, I mean, my biggest thing. Another thing that I think, like applying for a job is a job in and of itself. And it's a project. And I mean, you need to be the project manager of that. You need to know on this date, I applied for this place. This is the resume I sent because I advise people all the time to amend the resume ever so slightly to fit the job, right? And so this is the resume I sent. This is what I said. Because when somebody calls you or reaches out to you, you want to know, you know, Mm -hmm. Like, what's the time span? What did I send? What have they looked at? What was attractive to them? And I think I've told you before, I've I worked with people who have called people and said, hey, you applied for a job for us. We'd love to do a screening interview or we'd love to get you in. And they're like, what job was that? So worst response in the history the worst of man. response. And we know that you're sitting at home, especially if you're unemployed and you're sending resumes into the dark hole of no man's land all day long. Been there. But at least keep track of what you're doing so that you can sound intelligent when you answer that phone call that de- you don't recognize the number on I and remem- like be ready for it. When I was working for an insurance company, we would receive dozens of um, cover letters and resumes a day. And so I, you know, it was thin pickings to say the least, but you know, I would call most everybody just to give them the benefit of the doubt. And you're right. The second somebody says, who are you and what is this about? I yeah, was like, you're done. okay, I'm good. Yeah. Have a great day. This was just a sales call. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna not have to put you through this. Just yeah. hang up because it was not worth my time. It was the it, the response was so cavalier, had zero emotion in it, and I just thought, if this is your best foot, I'm yeah. okay. I don't need to see the rest of the body. I agree, and so I think one of the things is every company has little, I'm gonna say tricks and tests along the way. You know, like they'll tell you, like it could be as simple as something as simple as say, send a cover letter, 
right? Mm -hmm. Some people do, some people don't. I know people that could have the best resume in the world. And if they didn't send that cover letter with it, they're out, right? I mean, because that was part of the test in following directions, if you will. I mean, some people do things like there's a certain response we want in a certain time frame, right? And if you don't do it, you're out. I mean, there are a lot of people today applying for jobs. And so it's important to differentiate yourself in the most positive way. Sure. And um, I'm going to use an example. I work um, a lot, obviously, we've talked about audiology and um, medical before. And in audiology, the fourth year of school yep. is actually um, an internship, an externship is what it's called, at a private practice or a hospital or a university or the VA, somewhere like that all year long. You're actually not in the classroom doing any studying. You're being a doctor of audiology. Got it you know, before you graduate. And so fourth years right now are applying to private practices all over the United States. Usually what happens is the private practice puts out an ad. The fourth year will often pick a place that they're geographically interested in. Mm -hmm. They'll sometimes, they try to pick places that sounds like it's the kind of thing they're interested in. Sure. But the truth is, I mean, they're almost all the same. I mean, the kids are almost all the same, you know, they have kind of the same experience and they say things like I'm interested in cochlear implants. I'm interested in tinnitus. I'm, they all are, you know, it's all the same, but anyways, for them to differentiate themselves is a really big deal because they're the exact same place in their career where they're all the same. And if I could line all the resumes up, almost all the resumes look the same. And I have interviewed hundreds of these kids. So I've been, we're in the season of interviewing for fourth years. Yep. And usually they've interviewed with the practice. They've usually had a Zoom with the practice. And now the practice has said, here's my top ones. Deb, would you talk to them too? And so what we do, the instructions are there to text or call me. And, or they're to text me, I think is the first instruction. Some of them call. They get the phone number and they call. And, uh, you know, the instructions were to text, right. right? I usually say, you know, what's a good time? We set up a date. And then I say, call me when you're ready on that day, right? You text so, them to call you on the day that they're ready. The, the time day that, that we set the appointment up. Yep. So I'm not going to call them. And I've had people not show because they were waiting for me to call when they have a text that says, call me when you're ready, you know, on right. that day. So I, there's this guy and he was from last year. His name is Andrew and he- Does went, Andrew listen to the podcast? Well, I, we're going to have to send a note to somebody to get it to Andrew. Good. Okay. Because he is the subject and Andrew, you're going to know who I'm talking about. So- You, because your name's Andrew. I feel like Andrew sits on my shoulder. He was the ideal, his- Andrew was perfect every step of the way. He's the best example I can use. He followed all the instructions authentically, genuinely, with the right amount of enthusiasm, because there is too much. Totally. There is definitely too little. <laughs> Andrew was terrific. But one of the things that I do when I talk to them is I'm not in a position to really talk to them about the medical piece. Of course. Of course. So I talk to them from a business owner's perspective yep. and the kind of things we would expect from them. And so one of the things that I ask them all is, and I tell them if they don't get the right answer, I'm going to tell them. I mean, sure. how hard is that? Right. Yep. If you don't get the right answer, I'm going to tell you what the right answer is. I mean, I, to me, that would actually take the pressure off of me because you know that you're, 
It doesn't feel like a setup question. It's, right. it's a, right. hey, you let me know what you think. That might be a wrong answer, but I'm not going to say like, eh, wrong. This is honestly what we it's were a conversation. looking for. Totally. It's a conversation. So I said to him, Andrew, what are three things you can do on day one to generate revenue for this practice that you want to work mm-hmm. for? And Andrew, I mean, like he got it. He got the money-making thing. He got the time management part of it. He got the productivity. He gave me great answers. I want to say in the beginning of the interview, Andrew told me, I still have this visual. I mean, I think he said, I'm in a coffee shop. He, he said, is that okay? If there's any ambient noise, like he was concerned sure. about the noises I would hear. As you know? am I, Andrew. So, but I mean, it was nice. Like I pictured him at the coffee shop talking to me, right? And so he answered that question really successfully. And then he went on to explain to me, you know, like why he thought the owner would care about that question. Interesting. I know. So, I mean, I felt like it wasn't just like I threw him a ball and he threw it back. Like there was true engagement there, right? For sure. So then I asked him, you know, in um, audiology, audiologists are the people that sell you hearing aids, Mm -hmm. right? If you have hearing loss. And so if you had 100 new patients, for instance, that all had hearing loss, right? Um, We keep track of the the numbers that are sold. Do you know what I mean? So there's a closure rate is what it's called, right? And hearing aids are kind of a funny thing because they're often not covered by insurance. They're definitely not covered by Medicare. And so they're really, it's... You know, it would be like telling somebody there's a surgery you need, but it's not pay- it's not covered by insurance. You know, so there's a financial conversation that's attached to it a lot. So I said to him, let's say after month five or six, you were sitting with the owner of the practice and Dr. Jennifer Beebe, who that that's who it would be in Grand Junction, Colorado. And she would say, you know, the closure rate of our practice is 92 percent. Dang. And that's probably close to what it is. Okay. And Andrew, your closure rate is 40%. That's not good, Andrew. Well, is it? But I mean, I say it without judgment. I just say it the exact way I said to you. Here's what I expect them to do. I expect them to feel like I just gut punched them a, a little bit, right? Because obviously 92 to 40, that's a huge difference. Yep. And that's going to feel like, a loss. I mean, there's just no way, you know, if you have any competitive spirit in you at all, right? Totally. And so he listened to the question and he, I mean, this heavy sigh, I heard it on the phone, which I kind of liked that, right? Like, I think that would be your reaction if you were sitting at the desk of your boss and your boss told you that, right? And he let me hear that. And he was like, oh man, that would be tough. And I was like, yeah, you know, just, I don't offer any You're right. That would be tough. (laughs) That would be tough. So what would you do? What would you say? I said, so Andrew, at that point, what would you say? And he, and he even said, man, I'd have to take a minute and gather myself. And I so appreciated like the honesty, the authenticity of that. You mean like, because I think that's how it would feel like. Sounds like Andrew's really good at buying himself some time. Give me a second. Right. But it also sounds like Andrew's in touch with himself. Sure. Like Andrew knows Andrew, which is, I think, the most valuable part of this. So then he said, when he launched, it was so good. He said, you know, I, I'm going to have to say to Dr. Beebe, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't see new patients 
private pay for hearing aids anymore. I mean, not until we can get that number up. And maybe I should shadow you and listen to the things you say because your closure rate obviously is great. And maybe you should shadow me so that we don't drop those, that ball isn't dropped, right? That, you know, you can dive in and get it in case I'm not doing it right. And so he was, he really came up with a plan. He talked about, he said, he asked me, do you know any books that I could? I know lots of books, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. He said, I mean, I feel like I would need to hone up, you know, my sales ability in that particular case. Yep. And so I was just, he was, he came up with a plan in a dire situation, what felt dire to him. Sure. He maintained full responsibility for the plan. That's what I really loved. He didn't say, well, I mean, she's going to have to work with me, right? I mean, it wasn't like that where he shoved the responsibility off. Yep. One of the things that I say when I get off, I'm ready to get off the phone with everybody. I say, listen, I think of a thousand things like when I'm in the shower, when I'm falling asleep. I said, when I first get up in the morning that I think I wish I would have, could have asked, you know, Mm -hmm. in this kind of conversation. So Andrew, if you think of anything, you get to call me. You've got my number now. Call me or text me. He called me 20 minutes later and he said, hey, this is Andrew. And I was like, well, that's fast. By the way, he's the only person that's ever called me. Brownie points. And he said, you know, there's a couple of professors at my college. I think I would call him. I think I would say, hey, you know, I think you sold me short a little bit. I need some help here. Andrew's like, response is to go criticize job, the professors. Right? Yeah. I mean, so now, and but I felt like it was a really positive thing. Not that he sure. was going to go whining and crying to anybody, but that he was going to take pr- professors. It was that a he, teachable moment for Andrew to right. go up the ladder. Exactly. And take people that I think he considered to be part of his trusted cadre, if you will, and say, you got to help me. I didn't know this part, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's how it felt. So um, Andrew ended up getting the job. Obviously, and so we love Andrew. This week, we love Andrew. This week, Andrew sits on my shoulder during all these interviews I've been doing. And I just am like, I can't find another Andrew. With an unattainable bar attached With an to unattainable him. <laughs> bar. Andrew's just holding it up, saying in my ear, yep. nope, Deb, not that one. Nope, Deb, that wasn't a good answer. So I called Dr. Jen Beebe because I'm like, I wonder how Andrew has really turned out, right? Oh, great question. So I call Dr. Beebe and I say, hey, so how's Andrew working out? This right here is full service consultant right here because you did your job. You found her the great candidate. You don't need to do any more. I don't need to do any more. But you're right. circling back around because you love Andrew so much, right. maybe more than me, that you feel the need to check on his progress. Well, and I want to see if Andrew was one of those like, you know, shooting stars that burned out really quick. Got was it. he just a great interview guy? Or a liar. Or, or a liar, <laughs> yeah. right. And, uh, oh my God, with enthusiasm, she said, we love Andrew. Andrew is amazing. His performance is stellar. I mean, Andrew knows himself. He's responsible. He's mature. I mean, so... Now it's even worse because I know his performance is so far above par. And uh, I just think that everybody needs to bring their A game to the process of applying for a job. So let me steal your thunder here for a second because you use this analogy a lot and this applies as much as it ever has. Applying for a job is like going on a date. 
It is. And what you are encouraging every applicant to do is be authentically themselves. Meaning you're going to show up the same way on that first interview that you'll show up uh, on the first day of work, that you'll show up on the first year having worked there, that you'll show up every day after. You want the people who are planning on applying to be themselves good, maybe a little bad, and everything in between because it's going to make that overall experience, both the hiring process and the training process and the executing process so much easier for everybody involved because they know exactly who is coming to work with them. Exactly. And I think that that's, I think there's a really nice balance of that. I think, you know, you need to be authentic, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, when you're applying for a job, these are strangers. You can't like blubbering expose your whole self, right? I mean, vulnerability, you know, one of the things that Brene Brown says about vulnerability, because people love to say, oh, I'm vulnerable. And, you know, one of the things she says is the person has to first earn your trust to be vulnerable with them. So these are people you don't know. So you can't possibly completely trust them. Of course. So there's a little bit, obviously, that you have to hold back and yet still be engaged and still be authentic. Um, But I do think... The engagement piece of it was so spot on. I mean, that's what he made me feel, Mm -hmm. right? That he was so engaged in this opportunity and he took total responsibility for anything that I proposed to him, Mm. which that's what everybody wants in an employee. They want them to own it. They want them to own their job. Sure. So I would say, Dr. Jennifer Beebe, sounds like you got a good one. You're welcome. And then I would say, Super humble. Andrew, you're the king as far as I'm concerned. You sit right here. And so far, the bar has, I can't, I mean, you are holding it, baby. My only That's child is say. flaring up right now. And I just want to <laughs> box Andrew on the ears. Um, you know, but do you want to know why Deb really likes him? Because nobody else knows this. Because Andrew's parents obviously made him role play stuff like this out. Yes, obviously. Andrew came to the table and was like, oh, I know this woman's game. She's going to ask me hypotheticals. I'm going to be able to, you know, plant myself mentally where I need to be to occupy this space. I'm going to crush it. That's why. Yeah. He was ready. He He was was ready. A thousand percent ready. So make your children role play. Don't play to the camera, Deborah. Play to the microphone. Okay, I'm just telling you. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, I know we are just going to lose you entirely to this camera, and the microphone's going to be like a foot behind (laughs) you, and I'm just going to be like pantomiming you for to get back in front of the the microphone. Okay, so put a put a nice ribbon on applying um, for a new job. Applying for a new job is a job. It's a project. You are the project manager of your job. Be aware of where every resume is as much as you can be. Be prepared for that call. If the calls don't come at all, then you've got to take a look at your resume. I One of the things that I say is if you go to the job description and it says experience preferred or needed or whatever it says, there are keywords in that description. Ooh, yeah. Take the keywords and use them in your resume. Smart. So I think every resume for every company should be changed up a little bit to fit because there's software now that screens resumes, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that some of those keywords are grabbed. And if it's a person, you want your resume to look like it fits the job description. I'm with you. I think that's great. I, I, I think people 
look at ap- applying to jobs in in a silo. Like here's this, here's this, here's this. I'm going to wait for the next step and I'm only going to occupy this space. So if you're going into it thinking the second I get a phone call, not a face-to-face interview, certainly not a working interview, the second I get a phone call, I have to be Johnny on the spot, yeah. 100% authentic without being vulnerable. Right. Um that is what is going to be the differentiator between somebody who gets to progress and somebody who gets hung up on after 10 minutes because they're like, wait, who is this? What is this phone call about? I think what happens sometimes along the way, and especially if people are lucky enough to get two or three opportunities at once, I think one of the things that happens along the way is people start making some assumptions about the company or about the process, Mm -hmm. and they don't bring their A game anymore. And I'm like, bring your A game all the way through. Even if you have those thoughts, bring your A game. At the end of the deal, you want all the choices in your basket. You want to be able to decide. You want everybody to have picked you, that you were everyone's number one selection, and then you get to pick from the best that suits you. But if you kind of let your A game drag down to a C game midstream, I mean, you're going to get eliminated. It's just, it's not going to happen. That all makes sense to me. I get that. But oftentimes things make sense to me because I'm your son and other people think we're idiots. And I've been like ragging in your ear for a thousand years. The amount of times you forced me to role play situations. Okay. Pretend I'm your coach. Okay. (laughs) Pretend I'm your teacher. teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pretend I'm your boss. Obviously I have issues. Pretend I'm your friend. Would your friend have liked it when you said that? Obviously I have issues with authority figures in my life. Um, But blame that on Deb because she made me role play all of it and then complimented me on the way I handled it, which probably then said, no, you're wrong, teacher, professor, coach. I handled this right. Right. My mom said so. We role played about it last night. So Uh, may I say, no, because I don't want a Mike Pence moment here. There's a fly in this room. There's, it's not a fly. It's like a little yes. gnat kind of thing. I'm, I'm but so happy you said that. But if something ends up on my forehead or my hair, will you tell me? No. Just like Mike <laughs> Pence. Just like Mike Pence. No, it's funny. It's, it was buzzing between the two cameras, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, we've recorded one thing, and we're going to end up with a fly on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And people are, people are going to think we're not even that original That's, that we I know, stole it. I know. That's how I feel. That's great. Segwaying on. Deb, it is time to play America's favorite <laughs> game called Use It. In a sentence, if this is your first podcast or if you've forgotten how we play this game, super straightforward. I find words on urbandictionary.com that are affiliated. That's what I need to start studying. Don't you dare. (laughs) It is a horrorscape. That words that are used by Generation Z, words that are used by millennials, things that I hope Deb has no earthly idea about so that we all get to listen and now watch her think through what these words could possibly mean. I'll give you the word. I'll give you the part of speech if I'm even aware of what that possibly is. And then it is up to you to properly use it in a sentence. And it's a point system. You can earn up to five points because there's five words. And then there's a bonus question at the end. Deb, are you ready? I am ready. Your first word is bops. B-O-P-S, bops. So is that an abbreviation for anything? It is not an abbreviation, and I would say it's a adjective. So it's a descriptive word. Correct. B-O-P-S, bops. Okay, so I was at the nightclub. Oh yeah, God, you listen. <laughs> there's I, you were spending a lot of time at the club. I was at the nightclub with my friend Amanda. What up, Amanda? Yeah, and we were standing in line, 
we were pretty close to the front. Okay. You could hear the music piped outside. You know how they do that at nightclubs? Okay. Keep going with this thread. Yep. Okay. This train of thought is good. Yep. And <laughs> I get this far and I get so nervous. I don't That's know. That's okay. You're you're doing well. I, if if there's if there's like a progress bar, you're like eighty percent of the way there. Okay. I don't want to blow it now. Um and so we're kind of to the music. Shh. For those of you who couldn't see her, she's just <laughs> shimming those shoulders. So we're kind of like moving to the music. And I turn to Amanda and I say, wow, those are some bops. Oh, that would be a noun. No, I don't say that. I say, wow, those, that music is bops. <laughs> <laughs> what i say you would say wow close? that music bops that music bops that's a point Is that's that a point? easily a point okay, okay you 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 got your way around kind there you figured it out okay god that bops god okay. we're bopping <laughs> um yes it, not it, bebops right? no and certainly not Bops also feels like a 1950s word, doesn't it? I know it? it does. That's why I kept thinking bebops. Bops is used to reference a good song to say that a song is really good like that two chain song bops, bops. Which I probably will never say that. But we're going to listen to Two Chains okay. together in the car for an hour. All right. One for one. Good okay. job, Deb. Uh, your next phrase mm. or word is clapback. Oh, C-L-A-P- I feel like I might know this. Oh, okay. Well, let's just forget this one. C-L-A-P space B-A-C-K. Clap back. I only say that because I don't have confidence about this very often. But if, it's, if I'm wrong now, I'm going to feel really terrible. It's a verb. It's an action word, okay? Yes. So, I was with my friend Liz. Okay. And Liz is great, but she's a little whiny. She's the best. Yeah, but she can be a little whiny. Oh, not when she's whiny, she's not the best. And, you know, so she'll kind of complain about this person or that person or this thing or that thing, right? Mm -hmm. And But she never is that way to me. She doesn't complain about me. However... Liz and I were at lunch one day. Oh, no. And it felt like all the complaints were headed in my direction. Oh, Liz. And I was getting pretty tired of it. Mm, that's what I... And I looked at her and I said, Liz, if you don't stop it, I'm going to clap back. Oh, with a hand motion. <laughs> with a hand motion. You need to follow the stream simply for the hand motion because I think she ripped off Liz's face. That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely oh God, correct. Replacement <laughs> phrase for the word comeback. Like, don't okay. make me come back at Yay. you. Don't make me clap back at you. There you go. Claps for the clap back. Two for two. <laughs> All right. I think this one is going to be in your wheelhouse. The phrase number three is, that ain't it, chief. Oh. That ain't it, chief. That's just a declarative statement. How would you use it? Okay. That ain't it, chief. So when Kevin was a little boy and he was in middle school, okay, they had a thing called a panther plan. Pretty sure I was like six foot four in middle school, were, so I wasn't a little boy. But you I'm were okay. six foot three. Got it. They had a thing called a panther plan. And the panther plan was a notebook that they brought home every night. They were issued it at the beginning of the year. Because we were the Swope Middle School Panthers. Panthers, right. And it had like assignments due, the homework due. If you misbehave, the teacher would ask for your panther plan. And write a note in it in ink to your parents. Yeah. Trust me, I know. <laughs> and so 
Every night, the panther plan should come home in the backpack 100% of the time. And if you're a good parent, you would check the panther plan, right? So Kevin came home and I said to him as he walked in the door, do you have any homework tonight? He said, no. Are you telling a, really, a real story or are you going to use this in a sentence right now? I'm going to use it in a okay, sentence. Okay, good. Because I thought we were just like diverting into something else entirely. Now, what was the thing again? That ain't it, chief. Okay. And so uh, he said, no, there's no homework. And so I said, hmm, okay. So then as he's heading up the stairs, I say, can I have your panther plan? And he goes, I left it at school. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, that ain't it, chief. <laughs> Get down here. You've got homework. Is that good? The response said when someone <laughs> says something that just isn't correct. There you go. That ain't it, chief. That ain't it, chief. And if you have a small child at home and you don't at some point look at them when you know they're wrong and say that ain't, that ain't it, chief, it, chief, that's on you because exactly. that's gold. A good parent would say that and use it. All right. Word number four. Yep. You're. Oh, yeah. No. You're. <laughs> Do you say it like that? Yep. Y-U-R-R-R or Y-U-R-R. You're. So. I feel like you might be it? sneaky good at this one. What is it? I don't know. You don't know? It's I just, don't it's think. Like, the, I is don't it think, like yeet? I don't think this follows grammar. Is it like yeet? Kind of. Kind of. Uh, You're. So I'm at the beach. By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the beach with a bunch of girls. All the girls. And there's a bunch of guys at the beach too. Oh. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at the guys. Yep. And they're looking at us. Of course. That's what <laughs> men and women do. And uh, one of the really good looking guys comes over and talks to our group for a while. Oh, nice. And as he's walking away, yeah. I say, you're... <laughs> so you're wrong a thousand percent but you're close in that you used it as uh to say something when somebody leaves you should actually be using it when somebody comes in so your your is a way to say like what's up or yo so if i walk into the house and you're at, in the kitchen, I go, hey, mom, what's up? You just go, yerk. <laughs> so that, again, is something that you should say to your children once they come back Don't from school. Don't use your. Don't use your. You should always use no, your. No. Um, Do you use your? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to now. Uh, you are three for four. Couldn't give you your. Could okay. not give you your. Okay. All right. Number five, before yeah. we move on to the bonus word. Sus. S-U-S, sus. Adjective. Dead air is the best air. I know. I know. Sus? S-U-S adjective. Now you please use it in a sentence. Okay. I can only think of one word. That's okay. Go with it. Is it a derivative of a word? Of course. Okay. So. Mm Mm-hmm. It was the end of 2020. Oh, thank God. It was lean times. <laughs> Super lean times. People were starving. Oh, okay. okay. It's going in a weird direction. <laughs> and our neighbors came to our door one day, and they were thin, and they were emaciated. And they said, do you have any sus? <laughs> <laughs> said it was an adjective. 
sustenance. No. <laughs> Don't laugh like that, Kevin. You had any sus? <laughs> well, what is it? Please, sir, can I have some more sus? <laughs> uh, it's an abbreviation. It's an abbreviation for the word suspect or suspicious. Mm. Okay, I didn't think so of So it'd be like, hey, our thin, starving neighbors are creeping around our, our driveway. <laughs> They're looking pretty sus right now. Lock the doors. So the analogy of the thin, starving Ooh. neighbors would work, right? Mm, kind of, if okay. they became really aggressive and tried to break okay. in. All right. Sustenance, it wasn't. Three for five. Okay. That's. Does that get me to the bonus round? We're close. Um, but here is your last one. Okay. For all the marbles. All right. Deb, secure the bag. Okay. Oh, that's it? That's the phrase. Secure the bag. Secure the bag. Secure the bag. Secure the bag. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, I was with my friends, Two Chains and Action Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. And uh, we were shopping. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, love it. And am I getting there? <laughs> sure, I don't know. <laughs> and, it feels like uh, we take a lot of different paths to get yeah. there. And uh, we went in this one store, and it was a very cool store. Love it. And it was more Action Bronson style. Okay. Like I would, if we had, we know he wears that Carhartt shirt all the time, but would we call him like a like a border kind of guy? Is that what we, is that the term? Like I a don't know. I don't know where you're going. Like with a this skateboarder shirt. kind of guy. No, he wears Carhartt and oversized shorts that double his pants. Okay. Well, anyways, he he liked the store. Two chains, not so much. Okay. And so Action Bronson said, you know, I'm going to open me a store like that. Okay. That's I'm going to do that. I think I want to get into retail. Okay. And Two Chains was like, you yeah, know, yeah, whatever. You secure the bag. I feel like you, you use that intentionally vague in hopes that I was going to give you credit for it. So here. Me, meaning like, you do it. So secure the bag is a turn of phrase that means getting money, but it can refer to accomplishing goals in general. Oh, I think I used it right. I think you use that in like, if there's a threshold and just one step over is securing the bag, the bag. used correctly, I want to say that you probably so Kevin, used it use correctly. So Kevin, use it for me in a sentence. Action Bronson opened a store and Two Chains walked in and he said, yo, bro, what you finna do here is dope. What you finna to do here? Yo, bro, what you finna? Like, and the music even... on the speakers is bopping right now. <laughs> Nothing is sus. Secure the bag, homie. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Do I get half a point? I feel like we just set back the podcast maybe five months, and we haven't even been around that long. I know. That was, I think that was a great job. I think I would give you four of six oh. for sure. Sus Four and, of six makes me happy. I've had like zero of five. Sus so. and your were, were worth the price Sus. of admission to say the <laughs> least. Okay. Deb. Yeah. As we wind down this first podcast slash vlog. Yes. What are you thankful for this Monday? Okay. So I have three little things. You know, okay. it's little things for me. Of okay? course. Uh, this is not a little thing, but Kevin, 
honest to God, the work you put in oh, setting you. all this up. I mean, this would not be happening without you. When, True. percent. <laughs> um, like I really honestly, sweetie, look at me. Thank you. Amazing. Appreciate Amazing. it. Amazing. And I'm so grateful for all that you've done. And thank you for dealing with my nonsensical word vomiting about this process. About which I know nothing. But I so don't I. But I listen intently. Good. And act like I'm interested, right? I, I know I'm losing you once you just start nodding. I'm yes. like, oh, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Gotta yeah, move on. Good. Okay. Yep. And then uh so then I have two other little things that made me happy this week and so Go I'm for grateful it. for. One was the other night, it was it was late, um, and I had the TV on in our bedroom. And I kept hearing this noise that sounded like maybe it was in the background of the of music the TV? of the TV. Got it. And so I finally turned the TV off. And across the street in this giant, I don't know, fir pine tree was an owl. And cool. I videoed it, but I could, I mean, it's audio because it was dark. Got out, it. Right. And um, every like 15, 20 seconds for an hour. That's cool. And then you kind of heard him when he flew away. There was like a little, shh, you know, so... Uh, I recorded it. I made you listen to it. You did. Yeah. Like, Can you hear it? I was like, I can't hear anything. And then I finally heard. A yeah. Rrr. Yeah. It was really cool. And um, that made me happy. Super and happy. Then we on our Diet Coke drive this week, mm-hmm. we were driving. Which down. we haven't done in a while because I think the smoke had deterred us. Yeah. And we were driving down by the river and there was this little, um, there's this grassy area where there's a lot of shops and they had made the cutest little obstacle course. I'm going to say for toddlers, for young kids. Oh, for sure. And they were having the time of their lives. And it was just all their parents were standing around drinking coffee and people were visiting and all these little kids were, it was awesome. And so those are my three gratefuls that I got to, you know, experience this week. I agree on all of those. Um, the kids thing doesn't resonate with me the same way that it does, but it was still super duper cute. It was see. cute. And I have to imagine that getting to experience an owl for an hour is better than constantly having to experience an owl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my thankfuls are actually to myself only because I spent the majority of Thursday cleaning out my closets. I know most people do like a spring clean. I don't know why. I always just clean in fall. And that might be the worst time to clean. Shoes, pants, shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, everything. I got rid of everything that I don't wear. I folded everything that I kept neat and nice. A well-organized closet is like a godsend. It's heaven. Especially I mean, when you do I it. wouldn't know, but it's heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels as accomplished as anything that I do. It, it, what, what once was chaotic is now sorted. What once was felt unclean is now spick and span. Like it is so refreshing to so be able to go in. everything can hang in its own little place. Exactly. Yeah, that's And then nice. simultaneously following that urge to clean and purge, I organized my desktop on my laptop. Oh, wow. And that wow. thing can get bad, real bad with the downloads and screenshots and, you know, random folders and this, that, and everything else. So I, I don't know why I had like an OCD week and I feel super duper accomplished for that. The only bad thing is when you go to grab a shirt or grab a t-shirt or grab a pair of pants, you actually dread the idea that now you have to you mess, have to it, mess up. it up. Yeah. So we f- need to feel bad for all the people in clothing stores whose jobs <laughs> are to go oh in after God. us, right? I, if you 
that might be the greatest job in the world and simultaneously the worst, worst job in the world yeah. if you're OCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you leave, if you're the one who's closing, you can still just look at everything and be like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. But if you have to like come in the midday shift yeah, in your OCD, it's, it's just cold yeah. sweats. Horrible, horrible. Those are, those are good thankfuls. All right, Deb, this evening, what are we going to munch on? Well, nothing exciting. And so, there, you know, I'm just going to say we're having every once in a while, you have to break down and have breakfast for dinner. So I love breakfast. We're having breakfast for dinner tonight. So we're having bacon and eggs. Love it. And we love Hempler's bacon, which it's an uncured, really good bacon um, from the Seattle area. And uh, find it at Costco. We found it at Costco. Yep. And we actually have a friend, Mary. Thank you. She has brought it to us from Seattle before. Thanks, Mary. Um, But there is a recipe because. When you were living in New Orleans, you came home one time, and we've talked about how dad does not cook, right? Correct. Capable, but doesn't. And he had found a recipe in some article he'd written, or not written, read, that it was a marathon runner who ate this particular muffin. Mm -hmm. and um, Gluten-free. It's gluten-free. I mean, just coincidentally, it's gluten-free. It's packed with protein. And uh, so we came home to this heavenly smell and he baked these beautiful muffins for us. We have amended the recipe ever so slightly, but they are in our house a lot. I mean, we have those muffins around. So we're going to have those tonight. So we will share um, some pictures of the muffins oh, cool. and we'll share the muffin recipe. I was going to say, I don't think anybody cares about bacon and eggs, but the muffins. The muffins. And I don't care about. And these are good. Like you could feel good about eating these muffins. Totally. With the ingredients in them. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent. Those muffins are delicious and they don't last more than what? Three days in this yeah. house. And if you happen to be gluten-free, this will not make you feel like it's a weird gluten-free product. You're no, going to love it. Yeah. Not at all. Um, that's great. I only have a couple more things to add to this podcast, and then okay. we're going to be on our way. Um, for those of you who are going to eventually watch this on the stream, I want to make note that we will not release the video on Mondays. Video will be released on Tuesdays because there is some editing that has to take place. The podcast will always come out on Mondays because that's very simple. Um, We're gonna add some more animations to this and do this, that, and everything else to it. So the videos will drop on our YouTube page, Deb and Kev Podcast, um, on Tuesdays. We will not be recording right now the Thursday podcast. Um, That might be in the future for us, but as of right now, it's not. So look for the video content on Tuesdays. The podcast will still come out on Mondays and Thursdays. I'm also wearing a vote t-shirt right now, which is actually a very cool shirt. And I just want to say we, we are now kind of a third of the way through October. We have an election right around the corner. This is not going to be political by any stretch of the imagination. I just want to encourage every single person to vote. Less than 60% of eligible voters voted four years ago, and I would love nothing more than for 100% of the voting public to vote to express their opinions, whatever party you choose, whatever individual you choose, when 100% of the population votes, nobody gets to squabble, nobody gets to be upset. It is your duty as an American, it is your right as an American, and you should now more so than ever feel the need to flex that muscle. I've already voted mail-in ballot. You're going to be voting mail-in yeah. ballot. Um, again, I don't care what you do, who you vote for, but just the act of voting is yep. so cool that we get to do that. And and I think for all the people who can't vote and for all the countries who, who aren't 
willing or able to do that, we get to be that beacon of hope where we get to pick and choose the people who represent us. And there's no better time to do that than now. So please go vote, vote as, um, vote as a couple, vote as friends, vote in mail-in ballots, go on the, go on election day, go, you know, do pre-voting, early voting, do all that kind of stuff. When we vote, we win as a country. So please do that. Um, and other than that, I don't really have anything for you. I think this was a success. You did a good job, Kev. I mean, this is, I mean, you are so sweet when you say we, we've got to edit, we've got to do, I mean, there's no we, I get up from here and go like about my life. You do it all. So thank you so much, sweetie. Yeah. This is, I feel like, uh, drinking through a water hose between all these cameras and all the lights and all this new equipment. Um, we're really eventually going to figure it out. I, I I think this was a, a, a great first start. So thank you guys for bearing with us. Yep. And, um, We will see you all on Thursday. Thursday it is. Deb, I love you to death. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev pod.